evidence and answers. What questions are youth asking about Christianity? Does the Bible address these issues that they are facing? And is the Bible divinely inspired or purely a man-made book? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an international teacher, speaker, and author in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. The question of the authenticity of the Bible, Pat addressed at the 2019 Evidence and Answers Youth Apologetics Conference. Now, let's listen in as he presents the evidence for the divine inspiration of the Bible. All right, gang, this is our last session here. Yeah, and uh, man, we've really enjoyed being with you and your youth leaders. Been very impressed with the kinds of questions that I received. I don't mean to brag, but you know, I did go to one of the top high schools in the state. I've spoken at some of the top universities around the world, China, the United States, and I'll tell you what, I think I've, this is one of the most challenging audiences that I've been in front of that have ask some of the toughest questions that I think that I've encountered. So keep thinking. God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Glad to see many of you doing that. And don't be afraid to ask questions. God is big enough to handle your questions, okay? And so keep in that pursuit. Dedicate your heart to him and never know where God is going to take you. He'll take and use you in some amazing ways that you could possibly not have ever imagined. Well, this is our final session. Is the Bible the Word of God or just another religious book? Right now, I'm going to fly through some material here pretty fast. You may not get it all the first time, but don't worry. Go to our website at evidenceandanswers.org, and you can get full presentations on this or listen to our radio interviews with myself and some of the top scholars from around the world speaking on this subject, okay? And we're going to replay the messages from Clint and I over the radio as well. If you don't get it all, don't worry about it. You'll have plenty of opportunity to. Now, is the Bible God's Word? Well, the Bible claims to be inspired by God. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is breathed out by God, inspired by God. It originates with God. That's what the Bible claims. And God confirms His message and messengers through acts of God. Or miracles. That's how he confirms his message and messenger. And the Bible is the only book with miraculous confirmation to uphold its claim of divine inspiration. It is a unique book. There's none other like it in the world. Now, the first confirmation that the Bible is inspired by God comes from the Son of God himself. Jesus Christ affirms the inspiration of the Bible. Jesus Christ, who claimed to be God incarnate, confirmed his claim through his miraculous, sinless life, ministry, and resurrection. And since Jesus is the Son of God, since he is God in the flesh, what he taught is indeed true. And he confirms the authority of the Old Testament directly and the New Testament indirectly. And he promised the Holy Spirit would come anoint the apostles, and they would write inspired scripture of the things that he taught. So he confirms the authority of the Bible. And since Jesus is God in the flesh, what he taught was indeed authoritative and true. And we confirmed that Christ is the Son of God 
through his resurrection. Not only did he live a miraculous life, he predicted and accomplished his own resurrection from the grave. Now, Jesus affirms many of the accounts in the Bible that liberals took as fictional. The story of Adam and Eve, Noah and the ark, Jonah and the whale, Sodom and Gomorrah, King David, the authorship that Moses wrote the first five books of the Old Testament. Many things that liberals and skeptics deny as unhistorical, Jesus affirms as historical. Next, we have the unity of the Bible. The Bible contains 66 books, and there's an amazing unity there. One theme, God's redemption of mankind. It covers numerous deep theological, philosophical, ethical issues, and it does not contradict itself. It's an amazing unity. Well, what's so amazing about that? Well, consider, consider the diversity in authorship. It's written by over 40 different authors from very different walks of life. Peter's an uneducated fisherman. Paul is a rabbinic scholar. Moses was educated in the courts of Egypt. Micah is a country shepherd. Over 40 different authors writing on three different continents, Europe, Asia, and Africa, under very different circumstances. Paul writes under Roman domination. David writes under the golden era of the Israeli empire. Jeremiah is writing as Israel falls to the Babylonians and the people are being deported to Babylon over a 1,500-year period. You look at that diversity, and yet there's something amazing here. There's a consistency of theme, one story, God's redemption of mankind, a consistency in theology on numerous issues. What is the nature of God? What is the nature of man? Numerous controversial issues. What is the nature of marriage? When does life begin? And the Bible does not contradict itself. It's truly amazing. There's no book with such a diversity of authorship and yet such consistency. Let me give you an example. Let's say we took 10 medical students who graduate from the same medical college in the same year, and we have them write some extensive papers on just four ethical issues, homosexuality, genetic engineering, cloning, and euthanasia, okay? Let's just say. Would they agree with each other on every single point? Probably not. Probably not. Yet in the Bible, we have over 40 different authors writing over a 1,500-year period, various different circumstances, and we have an amazing unity in the Bible. It's as if one great mind guided each author to write a book that complemented one another. I'm old enough to remember the Star Wars series. There's, what, nine now? And I got to see the first one, and I got to see the last one. I got to see the development of this thing over a, uh, I think, 40-year period. And it's amazing how everything goes in sequence, how prophecies are fulfilled, how details are filled in with the next film that comes. Predictions are made. You can see how it's accurately fulfilled. And we know that there is one great mind, George Lucas, right? The mastermind behind us that put it all together. Well, in the Bible, you got 66 books, over 40 different authors, over a 1,500-year period, and an amazing consistency there. And it appears a great mind guided each one of these authors to write a book using their own personality and experience and historical situation to write an amazing, unified work that is consistent and does not contradict itself. It's truly amazing. 
No other book like that. Okay? Go search the annals of history. You're not going to find a book with such diversity and such unity. And the great mind behind all those authors, we know who it was, the Holy Spirit. Next, we have the indestructibility of the Bible. There's no book that has been attacked as the Bible. Critics have been attacking the Bible for over 2,000 years. But as Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall endure forever. Hey, there's one book that's been a bestseller year after year after year after year after year. What book is that? The Bible. It's won so many times that bookstores don't mention that it's the best-selling book of the year because it wins it every year. All right, But this book has been attacked by science, by philosophy, sociology, by textual critic, historians, archaeologists, over and over and over again. And yet the Bible proves itself to be true again and again and again. Just the fact that it has withstood all the challenges for 2,000 years tells you there's something special about this book. You know, back in the 60s, French Institute of Science wrote a book called 66 Errors in the Bible. I threw away that book. I wish I had kept it, but it's one of the books that I had to read. Well, as a result of the archaeology and uh, discoveries we have made, not one of those alleged errors stand. And in fact, you can't even find the book anymore. Each time the skeptics have been wrong and the Bible has proved itself to be true again and again and again, it has withstood attacks from every arena of the academy and has proven itself to be true. No other book has been so attacked, yet its integrity stands over 2,000 years. Just amazing. Then we have the exciting world of Bible prophecy. There's no book that has the legacy of prophecy as the Bible. And the Bible predicts hundreds of events in the future that come to pass. How can that happen? It can only come from the mind of an eternal God who sees the future just as clearly as he sees the present. And prophecy is one of the amazing, miraculous proofs of the divine inspiration of the Bible. God says, only I can tell you the future before it happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. Isaiah 46.10. Long ago I told you what was going to happen. Then suddenly I took action, and all my predictions came true. Isaiah 48. Now, the Bible is superior. Bible prophecy is superior in its detail. Bible prophecy is superior in the amount of prophecies and future events that are predicted. And the Bible prophecy is superior in its accuracy, how it can predict things accurately. In fact, the test of a prophet of God, Deuteronomy 18, he must be 100% accurate. You've got to bat a thousand, all right? Because God is perfect. God doesn't make mistakes. When he inspires someone to predict future events, they've got to be 100% accurate. Now, there are over 700 prophecies predicted in the Bible, hundreds have come to pass. Over a hundred prophecies made of Jesus Christ, and he fulfilled each one. That's just phenomenal. No other book, no other book has a legacy of prophecy that comes even close. How many prophecies are there in the Quran? Zero. How many prophecies are there in the Book of Mormon? Zero. How many are there in the Analects of Confucius or the writings of Buddha, the early writings of Buddha? Zero. The Bible is over 700. Okay? And some are remarkable in their detail and accuracy. P. 
People name before they're even born. Kingdoms described before they even exist. Events predicted with great accuracy before they even take place. We can sit here all afternoon. I can give you the hundreds of prophecies. Let me just give you about three or four, okay? Isaiah, 44, over 100 years before he even arrives, he names Cyrus the Mede. He predicts Cyrus would destroy Babylon, subdue Egypt, and the known world, and that Cyrus would let the Jews return home free without ransom from Babylon where they were exiled. And it's prophesied over 100 years before Cyrus was even born, 180 years before he accomplished his feats. Daniel predicts the coming empires that were to come. Daniel, uh, head of gold, you know, lived during the Babylonian Empire. The chest of silver, he predicts the coming of Persia, and he lived to see that. The third empire, the waste of bronze, was Greece that came several hundred years later. Then the legs of iron, the Roman Empire that would come later, and finally the iron mixed with clay, a future empire that is to come. Predicting the empires that were to come hundreds of years before they took place. Daniel 9, the famous prophecy of the 77s. It says when the decree to rebuild Jerusalem is given, that's when the clock begins, the 69 sevens. You calculate that out, he predicts the exact day Christ is crucified. Truly one of the most amazing prophecies there in the Bible. So Christ was crucified somewhere around early April. In my vast research, I believe April 2nd. Do you know why? Let me tell you why. March 31st is my sister's birthday. That's the day he died because that was the worst day of my life when she would invite all her friends over and they would torment me, chase me around the house and torment me all day. But April 2nd, three days later, is what? My birthday. When I got to return the favor. See, it's the greatest day of my year. So see, April 2nd. It's probably when he rose from the dead. All right? But Daniel predicts the exact day that Christ was crucified. Jeremiah 31. This is a very interesting prophecy. Thus says the Lord who gives the sun for light by day and the fixed order of the moon and stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If this fixed order departs from before me, declares the Lord, then shall the offspring of Israel cease from being a nation before me forever. In other words, the nation of Israel will be around until the Lord returns. No people has been more persecuted than the Jews. And the fact that they are around as a nation is fulfillment of this prophecy. If you told the Babylonians in 586 B.C., these people you just conquered and decimated their cities and you've deported to your nation, will long outlive the Babylonian Empire. Babylonian Empire will be ashes, and these people, the Jews and Israel, will still be around. Babylonians would have laughed. Babylon is gone. Israel still remains. If you told that to the Persians, the Greeks, told it to the Romans that demolished Israel and Jerusalem and destroyed the temple and sent the people into exile all over the world, if you told them, one day the Roman Empire will be ashes, but the nation of Israel that you just destroyed will long remain. They would have laughed. But empires have come and gone. Israel remains. The fact that they're here is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Here's an interesting one. Ezekiel 44 says that the east gate shall remain shut until the Messiah comes. And here, when you go to Jerusalem today, that is the east gate. And guess what? It remains closed. The Sultan Suleiman came and shut the east gate, fulfilling 
unknowingly, he fulfilled Bible prophecy. And you can go to the Mount of Olives today. This is my photo. And take a photo of the East Gate, and it remains shut, just as the Bible predicted. When it comes to Jesus Christ, there's over a hundred prophecies made of Christ. No other religious figure has such a prophetic legacy. How many prophecies of the coming of Muhammad are there? How many are there of the coming of Buddha? Zero. How many of the coming of Confucius? Zero. Over a hundred made of Christ. Where he would be born. How he's going to die. The kind of life he's going to live. What city he's going to be born in. He fulfilled each one. It's just truly amazing. What are the odds that a guy could fulfill just a dozen of those prophecies? Where he would be born, the things that would happen when he's born, how he would die, exactly how he would be betrayed. It's just truly amazing. No other person comes even close. No other book has the prophetic legacy of the Bible. Look through the annals of history. You're not going to find one, all right? Now, one name I always get thrown at me, Nostradamus. Didn't Nostradamus predict Hitler, 9-11, you know, the tsunami in Indonesia? Uh, no, read them. Go to the original source and read them. So vague, it could mean almost anything. Here's the famous prophecy of Adolf Hitler. There it is right there, Nostradamus' famous prophecy of Hitler. Now, where do you, how many of you see Hitler right there? Nobody. You see Adolf Hitler? Huh? Anywhere? No, okay. Scholars say this word, Easter, here. Okay, Easter, because it sounds like Hitler must be Adolf Hitler. All right, but Easter, in the context of this passage, refers to the, to the Danube River. Even Ray Comfort, in his commentary on Nostradamus, says that's referring to the Danube River. Now, remember, a prophet... Of God must be 100% accurate, and Nostradamus is filled with all kinds of prophecies that did not take place. Here's one, that the end of the world would take place in July 1999. Did that happen? No, we're still here. And no other book has the legacy of prophecy as the Bible. Nobody even comes close. Then we come to the wonderful world of archaeology. Archaeology confirms that the Bible is historically accurate, okay? that it's a historical book. Christianity is uniquely a historical faith. One thing that I learned is that a lot of the uh, stories in the other religions were on the mythical realm. The Bible events took place in the realm of real-time history. Here's what some of the top archaeologists in the world have said. Dr. William F. Albright, the father of Middle Eastern archaeology, he said this, there can be no doubt that archaeology has confirmed the substantial historicity, the historical accuracy of the Old Testament. Donald Weissman says, The geography of Bible lands and visible remains of antiquity were gradually recorded until today more than 25,000. 25,000 sites within this region and dating of, to the Old Testament times in a broader sense have been located. There are literally thousands, over 100,000 discoveries made that confirm people, places, and events of the Bible. It's just truly amazing. No other book is this ancient with so much historical evidence to support it. How much archaeology do we have that confirms the Book of Mormon? Book of Mormon teaches that there were great civilizations, the caliber of Babylon and Egypt in North and South America. How much archaeological confirmation do we have? Zero. Zero. 
zero. It'd be hard to find Mormon archaeology department. There isn't one. How much archaeological confirmation is there for Muhammad's life? Zero. We don't have much. In the Bible, you have over 25,000 sites, over 100,000 discoveries that confirm biblical places and events. Truly amazing. We'll just go through just a few significant archaeological discoveries. For many years, people questioned whether Moses could have written the Old Testament law back there in 1400 BC because there was no sophisticated writing or law codes like that back then. Well, in 1975, we discovered the Ebla Kingdom there, and they discovered a great library in the Ebla Kingdom, over 17,000 tablets there. You see one there? And they're small, about the size of a cigarette pack. It is absolutely amazing when you, when you look at these in a museum, how tiny these guys could write. Okay? You think Tamaoka's paper there is small writing. Man, you wait till you look at this. 17,000. And when they translate them, guess what they found? These guys had sophisticated language and a sophisticated law code similar to how Moses wrote, confirming Moses could have written the Old Testament. Not only that, they also have a flood account similar to the Bible's flood account. And the five cities of the plain named in Genesis 14 were found in the Ebla tablets. For many years, critics of the Bible said that the Hittites were a fictional group of people because we had never found anything on them for thousands of years. They said the Bible has made a historical error here or that, you know, it's fiction like all the other religious books. In the late 19th century, archaeologists were digging in northern Syria, southern Turkey. They discovered a great civilization. And they began digging. And one place they discovered, they found, they were digging in Hattusas. And they found hundreds of these clay tablets. And they're tiny. They're about this big, too. And when they had them translated, they discovered they had discovered the Hittite Empire. And when they studied the language of the Hittites, they discovered it's the forerunner of the ancient Indo-European languages. And now there's a whole department of Hittite studies at the University of Chicago there. So the skeptics were wrong, and the Bible proved itself to be true. In fact, do you know where the Chinese and the Asians many think come from? I think they come from the Hittites. They've got the ponytail, the curved sword, the pointed shoes. Uh, you look at the armor of the terracotta soldiers and the Hittites, it looks very similar. So there are many scholars who now believe the Asians come from the warrior nation of the Hittites. Here's one, Jericho. You know, even though I had become a Christian, I had questioned stories like Jericho and wondered if they were really true because all my life I was thought it's, it's simply a fairy tale. And as I was reading in the literature, I was told that the dates are all wrong and that when the Israelites came to Jericho, it was an empty city. It was an abandoned city. But they made up this mythology to build up the faith of the people. Well, when I studied the actual literature, I discovered something amazing. Now, here is Mount Nebo. This is where Moses stood as he looked into the promised land. Mount Nebo is where Moses died. Okay? And this is the king's road, the same road that the Israelites used to go into the promised land. And the green here, that's the promised land. Okay? So that's what Moses saw before he died. He stood right where that guy is over there looking into the promised land. Now, the first city they ran into was Jericho. According to the Bible, Jericho was a walled fortress city. There is the ruin of Jericho there today. And what they discovered, it's one of the oldest cities, if not the oldest city in the world. 
And indeed, it was a city with very high walls. This is about a 30-foot-high wall here, about 3,000 years old, one of the oldest cities in the world. And you could see that it indeed was a walled fortress. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed Pat's show today. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold a conference, please give him a call at 483-0586, or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website, that's evidenceandanswers.org, and you may do so right there online on the homepage. You'll also find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit them online at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucrat.